The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Today's nap is being studied in the Alunishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Amen. We begin today's nap on Pedalid Amud Sheni, three lines from the bottom. In our last sugya, we had a statement from Rabbi Yosef from the name of Rabbi Yudah Mar Shemuel. The statement was that when it comes to subjects of pikuach nefesh, we do not take rov into consideration. And the Gemara's conclusion was <coughs> that normally, let's say, if you have nine goyim, or kutim as the Gemara says, and one Jew, and uh, in one haser, and now, let's say, they leave that haser, and they move into a another haser, and now the building falls on one of them. So normally we would employ, you don't know who the building fell on. Did it fall on one of the kutim or one of the Jews? So normally the rule is called the parish, mirubaka parish. And anybody that separates and moves from the uh, majority, you assume he came from the majority. And therefore the kaurah, you should say that a goy is under the rubble, therefore you should not be able to go save him on Shabbat. Tadat, Shemuel says no. When it comes to Pekwanes, we don't follow the deed of Rof. And even though normally you'd say called the parish, parish, in this case over here, pikuah nefesh, you assume that it's a Jew, and therefore you have to go in and save him. Tadat, the Gemaran says, Umi Amar, Shemuel Acheh, did Shemuel indeed say such a thing? Ve'atenan, <coughs> we learned in a Mishnah, Masa Batinok Mushlach. If a person, but Minan, found a child, He's mushlach, he's just uh, strewn or thrown in the street. You don't know what the child is. Is the child Jewish or not? So the Gemara says, Matzah, Imrov Kutim. If the majority of the inhabitants of that city are Kutim, Kuti. Then you have to assume ah, that he's a Kuti. Imrov Yisrael. If the majority are Yisrael, then you assume ah, Yisrael. Mehsal, Mehsa, you have a sefik, it's a split population. Again, Yisrael, you assume it's Yisrael. What's enough coming out there? What does it mean? For what? For what uh, halachic ramification? That this is a discussion that you have to sustain him. <clears throat> Which means you have to feed him, you have to give him uh, hayut. 
Aval Yahaso Lo. But regarding Yehus, meaning to give him kosher lineage, we don't go that far. This whole discussion that we have in this Mishnah is a discussion in sustaining the child that you find, but not in lineage. That's she. Lo shano di'im rov Yisrael ma'zikin l'Yisrael. When we said this, rov Yisrael, you treat him like Yisrael, e'la la'chayoto. That's only a subject to get sustaining. Aval yahaso kegon im nekevahi. Let's say it's a girl. The issue of it, as she tells us, is you're worried that maybe she is a kutit, this child, and even if you're going to say that she can convert, however, a kohen is forbidden to marry a giyoret. Even though you say, hold it, the majority of the inhabitants of the city are Yisrael. So what do you have to assume she's a kutit? To say it's Yisrael. When it comes to lineage, the hachamim made higher standards in order to make lineage. The ba'inan tre, you need uh, two things to tre rubek. You need a, a two different types of majorities, like the Gemara Ketubot explains, which means it's not enough just to have rov Yisrael. You need uh, another rov as well in order to uh, solve this issue. So therefore, again, the Gemara is saying very clear in the name of Rav. That when you find Rav Yisrael, you don't know who the uh, child is over here, you assume it's Yisrael in order to feed it. However, in order to uh, marry it off to a Kohen, then already we don't go that far. Ushmuel Amar. Even if it's Rav Yisrael, to feed it, to sustain it, yes. But to give it Yehus, the Kohen, you don't. Why? Shmuel comes along and says that this discussion over here, Rav Yisrael or not, if he's under the rubble, on Shabbat, are you allowed to go and uh, save him? Now look at the top of the sheesh. Shmuel, forget the gal. If it's Rav Yisrael, then already Yisrael, you treat him like Yisrael. But what? What's the rule? Majma, only Rav Yisrael, you're going to treat him like Yisrael. But Mersa al Mersa lo, because Sheken berov kutim. All the more so when it comes to Rav Kutim. Now that poses a question on what Shemuel said. Because you told us yesterday when it comes to Pikuach Nefesh, we don't go with Rav. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling me that no, that you go with Rav. Meaning if it's Rav Kutim, what, what was the, the Mishnah statement? Im Rav Kutim, Kuti. It's treated like a Kuti. And, and Shemuel said, what is this discussion? What? Do you save the kid's life or go on Shabbat under the rubble? What do you mean? If you hold like what you taught us yesterday, that what the Bikuan is in Elchim Haranov, so therefore, I don't get this Orov. I don't get this. As long as there's one Jew over there, the Chara used to be able to go and save the uh, child under the rubble. So therefore, Shemuel is contradicting himself. How can you tell me on this stuff? The Fakayah Alavetagal. That what? That Rav Yisrael is considered Yisrael. However, if it's Rav Kutim, no. How do you explain that? 
that the Gemara comes along and says, Ki itmar de Shmuel, when did Shmuel make his statement? Aresha itmar. Uh, his statement is actually going back on the beginning of the Mishnah, meaning Imrov Kutiim Kuti. I said, majority of Kutim, we treat them like a what? Like a Kuti. Amar Shemuel. But Shemuel came along and said, fine. We treat him like a Kuti for some things. But regarding saving his life under the, under the Gal, you got to go in and save him on Shabbat. So but Shemuel is consistent. Because when it comes to Pikuah Nefesh, Pikuah Nefesh is Doche, even in a case where you don't have a Rov. Ah, so then the Gemara says, Imrov kutim kuti. So you just told me what, that if the majority of kutim, it's like kuti. Lemai ilcheta. What's the uh, practical ramification? Why, what's the question? Look at Rashi. Lemai ilcheta. Havi kuti alibad shmuel. Kevan dama mefakehin alav. Once already you tell me, Rov kutim, you gotta go under the rubble, right? Vechot sheken de mitzvah lachayoto. All the more so, it's a mitzvah. To sustain him with giving him, uh, if you have to go under under the rubble to save his life, certainly you also have to feed him, right? Ulmail chetavi kuti. So what, what, what are you talking uh, the kuti then? What, what's the nafkamina? You tell me he's a kuti for something. For what? S- saving his life under the rubble. You tell me you have to. La uh, hayoto. That she says the same thing. He's saving his life. You got to save his life with that also. So what did you mean when you said in the Mishnah rov kutiim kuti? And for what halach halachic ramification is he considered a kuti? That the Gemara says. Which means you could feed him nevelot. You don't have to feed him kosher. Which means until he becomes older, as she says, and accepts upon himself conversion, because he has to accept himself gerut when he becomes, let's say, uh, thirteen years old. Regardless, yeah, because he's a, a kuti is a convert, but the, 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 the conversions were not legitimate. So therefore, at 13 years old, he becomes a gadol. They would convert him again legitimately. But the point is, until that point, you can treat him as a kuti. Meaning, he's a Jew le'inyan, you got to go under the rubble on Shabbat. He's a Jew le'inyan, feed him, sustain him, and all that. Because so when it comes to the Kuan Hefesh, we don't follow Rov. Ah, what do you have to feed him? You feed him the Velot. For that, we go after Rov, we treat him like a Goy, meaning you could feed him the Velot. The only time, because why? We have rules. What's the rule? Rov. We don't wave Rov for the Velot. When it comes to human life, which is obviously of the utmost importance, we'll wave the rule of Rov. That even though you have Rov Kutim, you've got human life, he might be Jewish. It's one in ten, he could be Jewish. Okay. Assume that he's Jewish, save him under the rubble, sustain him, and all that stuff. But now, for everything else, what do I got to feed him? I have to pay the extra money for uh, kosher food? Now listen, we have a deal of Rov. Rov says he's a, he's a kuti. So therefore, feed him and develop. Of course, when he becomes uh, 13 years old, he becomes a gadol, and you have to now convert him legitimately. He has to accept one gerut on his own volition. So then already you have, uh, but then you have to start feeding him kasher. Alright, so that's the shita of the sheep. Now, Comes the Gemara and says, Imrov Yisrael, Yisrael. Why? He told me if the majority of the people are Yisrael, so you treat them like a Yisrael. Lemayel Ketab. Now, what's the nafkamina? What's the question? As she says, Imrov Yisrael, Lemayel Ketab, Yisrael. Berov Yisrael Tafeh, Memechsa al Mechsa. Which means, you're telling me, Rob Yisrael, why is Rob Yisrael greater than 
which is once you told me 50-50, how do you treat him? Like Yisrael. So if you're treating 50-50 like Yisrael, so kol sheken, rov, you're going to treat like Yisrael. From the fact that the Mishnah had to state two cases, obviously you were trying to tell me, could be there's enough kamina between the 50-50 that you treat him like Yisrael, and the rov that you treat him like a Yisrael. Now, if you're going to tell me, I'll tell you the halakha. Don't feed him the velot. Well, that's even a 50-50. You can't feed the velot. So, kosher can a rov. Okay? So therefore, the question then is, what halakhic ramification comes out with rov Yisrael? That Gemara says, What? You have to return to him a lost object. Halakha says, you don't return lost objects to Goyim. But to Yehudim, you have to return a lost object. So therefore, 50-50, you don't have to return a lost object. However, Rav Yisrael, Nafkamina, now already you found the lost object, it belongs to him, you have to be Mahzir. Tosafot, the small Tosafot, Lahzir lo Abeda, about Mehsa al Mehsa lo. Why? The Amarle, Aiti Rayad Yisrael, at Mehzilecha. Because 50-50, it's a Safik. So now I found an object. This is my money. I found it. You come along and say, hey, I'm Jewish, pay this uh, back to me. I say, hey, prove it, <laughs> prove it that you're Jewish. 50-50, I, I, I can already say, uh, you want to take this away from me, you got to bring a proof. But Rav Yisrael, Rav already can assume that what? He's indeed Jewish. Comes Gemaran says, Mersal, Mersal, Yisrael. We said 50-50, we treat him like a Yisrael. Lemai ilcheta. Again, what halakha is coming to teach me? Nevelam, you're telling me you can't uh, feed him. On the 50-50, we treat him like a Yisrael, you can't feed him uh, nevelot. Oh, I'm sorry. 50-50, we said, you indeed can feed him uh, nevelot. So the question then is, what is it coming no. to? Uh, you're right, you're right. I said it correctly the first way. She said it clearly. Nevelot, merza, merza, lot, safin, alem. 50-50 is asur. So nevelot, no. Aveda, we said, you don't have to return it. So what were you coming to teach me the deen of? Mehsa, Mehsa. Amar Eshtakish, Lenezakin. Oh, it's nafkamina for damages. What's nafkamina for damages? Hechidameh, what's the case? Now let's review some of the rules first. Look at Rashidi Buddha Matkil, Lenezakin. Shor shel Yisrael, right? The ox of a Yisrael, Shenagar shel Kuti. He gored the ox of a Kuti, Patur. He says Patur in totality. You know damages to a goy. The shor shel kuti shenagashe Yisrael. The opposite case. The kuti's uh, ox gores ours. Ben tam ben muad. Doesn't matter how many times it was. Tam meaning was the first three times. After that it's considered a muad. Meshalem nezik shalem. The kuti always has to make full payments. When a Jew gores a Jew's animal to animal, the first three times you pay half payment, and then after that you pay full payment. So there's three laws that she tells us. Let's review the three laws. Number one, when we damage them, zero payment. When they damage us, always full payment. When we damage each other, tam and mu'ad. Tam ati nezik, mu'ad nezik shef. So now the Gemara says, what's the case of nezik? Heki Inema, if we're going to say, dinagche Torah didan. The Torah dideh, if you're going to say the case is talking about, where our ox gored their ox, 
Right? The, the ox of Yisrael. Go the ox of Eikuti. Naiti ra'aya v'nishkol. Which means then already, we don't have to pay them uh, anything. Why? They want us uh, to, to pay them. Which means our ox, right? We go them. According to our halakha, we pay them nothing. Now, of course, they want to get paid. Uh, they want to get paid, they should bring it out. Yeah, prove it. Uh, you're not Jewish. Prove it to me that uh, you want to get uh, paid. Lord Sidi, you know what the case is talking about? Listen to this. Their ox gored our ox. Now, Palga Yaivle. The Kuti has to pay us off the bat half. Because no matter what he is, for sure you're going to have to pay half. If he's Jewish, it's half. If he's a goy, it's actually full. But for sure, half is forgiven. forgiven. The value of the animal? Hey, however you make the hajbon. Oh, okay. The point is it's half payment. Okay. It's not a full payment. So the Gebarah says, Idach palga. Now regarding the second half, Nemale, the kuti, is going to tell the Yisrael, Prove to me that I'm not a Yisrael who scored to get your second half of the payment. Which means, so therefore the Gemara is telling her like this. Right, now he's coming along and saying, I'm Jewish. So if I pay for you, you want full payment? Prove to me that I'm a goy. So that's what the Gemara is saying. 50-50, he has a deed of a Yisrael. Which means when it's 50 population, 50 Kutim, 50 Israelim, what do we say? Israel. So the Gibraltar says, Nafkamina for what? Nafkamina that he can claim that he's a Israel in a case where he damaged. Where he damaged, he could say, uh, The Jew says, Hey, we're over here. You're a Kuti, pay me full. Hey, listen, 50 50, Halakha says, I'm a Yisrael. You want to now get full payment out of me? The burden of proof is on you. Go prove to me that I'm a Kuti. So that's the Nafkamina. Mehsa, Mehsa, Yisrael. He has his right to call himself a Yisrael to exempt him from a full payment. Comes the Gemara and says, Right, so we said in the uh, Mishnah that if somebody mapolet fell on him, that the Gemara brought sefekot over here. You don't know if anybody's there or not. Sefek sham, sefek eno. You don't know if there's a person there. And if he's there, you don't know if he's Jewish or not. And even if he's Jewish, you don't even know if what he's alive or dead. Gemara keeps on bringing all these sefekot. What does it say? Go save the guy. Go. Even though you have all these sefekot. So that the Gemara says, my Kaamar, that she says, Kol Hanis Sifikid Diktani, my Atelashmehina. All these Sifikot that the Mishnah is coming to give us, what's the uh, lesson? What's coming to teach us? Lo Mebaya Kaamar. Gemara is using a style of Lo Mebaya. Lo Mebaya Sifikusham Sifik Enosham. It goes without saying that if you have a Sifik, whether anybody's there or not, Di'i Ite Hayu. But on that side, at least, if he is there, you're assuming that what he's alive. Then in that case, I understand. Go save him. You know, not only like his Ela, even if you don't know that the guy who's there is even alive or not. The Israel, at least in that case over there, you at least on a Jew. 
אלא אפילו ספק קוטי, ספק ישראל מפקחים, זאת אומרת, working in a, not only this case, but even that case, not only that case, but even this case, it's building up to bigger חדושים. תראה את הגמרא continues and says, מסעו חי, if you find them alive, מפקחים, כל שקטינו dig up the rubble. גמרא זה מסעו חי? פשיטה. of course, if he's alive, you gotta save his life. Even if he's only going to live temporarily, which means already you can make an assessment he's going to live only for three more hours. So you might say, we're going to save his life, Shabbat, for a guy who's going to die anyway uh, today? Yes. yes, even for Hayat Shara, you save the guy's life. Comes the Gemara and says, the Imet If he's dead, under the rubble, you leave him there. Of course, what are you going to do? What's, what's the benefit now to start digging up on Shabbat? He's dead. Kibbara says, Lo tzedicha ela l'rabi Yehuda ben Nakish. Netanya. En masilin et amet bepenei adeleka. The first opinion says that when there's a met, right, and he's in a fire, en masilin, you don't go in on Shabbat and uh, retrieve the met from the fire. He says, no, I heard that indeed you can save the man from the Deleka. Even Rabbi Yudab bin Lakish that was lenient by a fire. Because a person becomes preoccupied and consumed and confused, I should say, regarding his myth. Why? The myth is in the fire. The guy's nervous that the fire is going to consume the entire body, so he gets flustered. If you're not going to let him go in and take out the body, what is he going to do? He's going to come out and put out the fire. So the Buddha says, we can understand why the fire is lenient. Because if you don't let him do this, he's going to do worse. However, if you're going to tell the guy who the myth is under the rubble, you can't take the deceased, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Meaning we're not worried about any... He's going to get flustered, he's going to get flustered. But the man's not going anywhere. It's not like he's uh, going to get the damage of the shirt under the rubble more than he is already. So therefore the hadus of the Mishnah is that if he's dead, you can't touch him. Even though there's opinion of the Buddha bin Nakish that says that the man that's in a fire, you can go in. A fire is different. Fire, Adam Bahul, that therefore he might come to put out the fire. Here... There's no concern, the, the, the myth will stay there. So therefore everybody holds that you must leave him there until after Shabbat. Comes the Gemara and says, Tanu Rabbanan. Right, this is the Shish Dashon of Al-Hakha. Ki lo sharite de fakuhay, if you're not going to let him dig up the rubble, May itle le mi'ibad teve isura de oraita de nashreha mekamehach. Which means, what Isud Deoraita is he going to do that you're going to tell him, you know what, we better let him uh, dig up because he's going to come to do an Isud Deoraita. What Isud Deoraita is going to do over here? But the fire is going to make uh, Kibui. So therefore, over here, uh, it's different. Comes the... And you have to say also, even by the fire, it's not Deoraita of the Kibui because it's really Lot Sarik Gehalim. It's really in the sense of Melachah. You have to say it's a type of Melachah that can come to a Deoraita. Here there's no Melachah really that can come to a Deoraita in this case. Tanur Banan. Adhechan Hu Bodek. Okay, now you're checking if the, if the guy's alive. So, how far do you have to check on the guy's body to see if he's alive? Where is life determined? So the Gemara says, 
Ad Chotamo. Which means the guy's not moving his body, so you gotta now start checking so that she says Ad Chotamo vim in Kayut Pachotman his nose. If there's no breath coming out of his nose, She'eru Motsi Ruah, Badaimit. That means he's dead, Benihu. So that's the way you check. And some say, no, till his heart. You feel his heart, if there's no heartbeat, finish. That's the determining factor. So Kavzegevran says, Badak metim. You found, let's say, the people that were strewn on top of the rubble, and the top layer will say, they were dead. Don't say, well, if the guy's on top, died. For sure the guys underneath are dead. Check! Right, case happened that they found the people that were on the left, second, the lower level were still alive. So comes again what on says, Let's say that the mahlukat that we just learned, you check the nose, nostrils for breath, when you check the heart, it's also subject to the following mahlukat notzar. When the baby or the embryo is created, from where does it start? Where does human life begin? So the one opinion says, It actually starts from the, from the head. As the Pasuk says, David HaMelech talking, From my mother's womb, you were my gozi. Now what does gozi mean? We have another Pasuk that says, Gozi Nizrech. Gozin is red, that's referring to a uh, nazir. Right? What's the exact English? Pull out your hair. Okay, pull out your hair to the nazir. Gozin, exhaust. It's about a nazir, but it's in his head. So therefore you see the word gozin, you were on my head, you were on my uh, rosh. So therefore you see that human life starts somewhere. The head, that would imply from the nostrils. The life is from the uh, nose. Tarat Gemara says, Abba Shaul Omer Metaburo. It actually starts from his navel. That's where the human life begins. And then it spreads out its roots, you know, up to the upper part of the body and the lower part. Because the Tibura would be the center part of his body. So they go on to say that this is the same Mahlokan over here. There's life start from the Nazareth and start from the heart. That's the basic Mahlokan. That's the Gemara says, no. I can even tell you, Abba Shaul. That says that life starts from the navel. Abba was talking about where the creation begins. Because it makes sense to say that things are created from its center and then spreads out. But when it comes to life and death, the main life is where? In the nose. Dikhtiv, kodashin, nishmat, ruwa, hayim, be'apav. Right? All that has a living soul from his nostrils. Amar papa. So that papa comes along and says, Mahloket, this whole mahloket, do you judge the nostrils of his breathing or do you judge the heart? Mahloket, mimata le ma'ala. That's talking about where, let's say, you found the body upside down. You now found the legs first. Right, so you're going mimata lemala. You're working your way from the bottom to the top. So the first rabbi says, once you get to the heart, you felt the heart not pumping, finished. You leave him there. The other rabbi says, no. Even if you felt the heart not beating, keep on digging until you get to his nostrils, and then you have to make that assessment. But if you found them right side up, so you're starting from the head down, 
check the nostrils and there's no air, Everybody says, it's enough so all these rabbis are walking. They say this sadar. Some say the Gaon says we used to make big serad. He used to make the clothes. He was a tailor to make the nice uh, royal clothes. So they called him Bigdeh Sirad. Right, that's he's inside. So the Hadikavara says all these rabbis were walking around. Okay, they were walking together. So the question was posed to these rabbis. That was the question. Minayin Shabbat. Oh, nobody's going to give their opinions. How do you know Pikuach Nefesh overrides Shabbat? That life is more important than Shemirat Shabbat. Kabbalah's going to bring many opinions over here. The first one, well, it says like this. Rabbi Ishmael answered, and he said, What's the case? Case is, a guy is broken into, right, into his house, and the guy is a thief. He's going to steal money. So the uh, Malabai sees a thief over here. He doesn't know if the guy has intention to kill him or not. It's a sefik. And what does the Torah say? That the Malabai can kill the Ganav, the perpetrator, on a sefik. So comes the Gemara and says, if let's say in hiding, like means like underground, you must say aganab. Which means we don't know if the guy only wants his money or he's coming to kill. And still what? We know that murder is such a big avon. Murder is the blood. Contaminates the land. The gorem the shechinah to take Israel. It causes the shechinah to abandon Israel, like the pasuk says. Ani shochen betocha. That's only when what the land is not tamei. But if the land becomes tamei, God leaves, and still what nitan latzilo benavsho, and still what to save your life, we're able to commit such a big avon. Kavahom in the pikuach nevish zochay shabbat. Although most of Shabbat is not as severe as murder. So therefore, if you're allowed to murder to preserve your life on a sefik, so although more so, you'd be able to mehalel Shabbat, which is not as serious in order to preserve your life. So that was the proof of Rabbi Ishmael. Quran says, another proof. Which means like this. A person committed murder. He's a rotsayah. The betin is going to judge him. He's hayav, hayav mita. So the pasuk says, You take him even from the mizbayah. So that's what you take me from the mizbayah. Im kohenu sheba la'avot avodah. Let's say the murderer, the murderer was a kohen. He's walked into the Beit HaMikdash to go serve that day. The enforcement comes in, they take him. So the Gemara says, 
ve'lo me'al mizbechi. Now the Gemara says to Amos, what is this referring to? It says, me'im is being from a coin that's going to serve, but not me'al, not somebody that's already <coughs> serving. That's she. Im etchil ba'avodah, em mafsik lavol lidon, ela mashlim avodato. She's saying, once the coin already starts the service, he's alam is he's working already, and then, then, then that's it. You don't make him go, uh, bring him to court. So the Gibraltar says, Lo shano ela lahamit. Yeah, which means, killing him, if he's in the middle of the service, you let him finish the service. But in order to give life, which means, let's say there's a guy in court being held on trial. They're trialing him, yeah? Let's say the Betin even ruled guilty. Right? And the court says, does anybody have any information maybe to exonerate this guy? So they say, yeah, yeah, Kohen uh, in the Beit HaMikdash, he's got information. So they went to the Beit HaMikdash, see the Kohen in the middle of uh, service. The, uh, the guy says, the true, you know, uh, information. Put the, put the animal down, come on. Uh, which means the guy, even for life, it's even Ma'ad Mizbihi. Even when he's in the middle of the service, you stop the Kohen, you bring him to the Beit to testify to save the guy's life. So you see over here, look how serious life is. It even overrides... Now we don't even know if the Kohen's testimony is going to be accepted. He, he has a claim, but we don't know uh, if it's uh, going to be accepted. And still what? Interrupt the Avodah for what? To save the guy's life. Now what's more serious? We know that Avodah is more severe than Shabbat. Why? Because Avodah overrides Shabbat. You're not to be Kurbanot on Shabbat. Although also, human life will override Shabbat itself. So therefore, that's the second da'ya. Comes again, Ram brings another one. Regarding Brit Mila. It's only one of 248 limbs in a person. It overrides Shabbat in order to do the mitzvah with just one limb. Which is the logic would be like this. In order to perform mitzvot with all your limbs, all the more so you'll be able to be Shabbat. To perform a mitzvah with one limb, override Shabbat. You know, on the eighth day of Shabbat, you do the milah. So therefore, you need your body to do all the mitzvot. So kol sheken, we're going to save your whole body in order to do all the mitzvot. So comes the Gemara and says, another proof. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah, Omer, et shabetotai tishmoru. Right, the Pasuk says what? You have to keep the Shabbat. Yachol. Lakol. You think in all situations you got to keep the Shabbat? Tamud Omar, ach. Halak. The Pasuk says, Ach et Shabbatotai Tishmoru. Now we have a rule. Whenever the Torah uses the word Ach, it's coming to minimize. But Lema'it. Yes, et Shabbatotai Tishmoru. In the majority of cases, keep the Shabbat. But Ach et Shabbatotai. In one case, don't keep the Shabbat. When? When it's Pikuach Nefesh. Rabbi Yonatan ben Yosef Omer. Ki Kodesh hi lachem. Because the Shabbat is Kodesh for you. He misura biyitchem. Which means the Shabbat is in your uh, possession. But you are not in its possession. Which means it's yours. 
which means you are in control, which means not that Shabbat should take your life, but you are Rabbah, you control it, meaning you keep your life and take the Shabbat. That's the way he learns. Comes the Gemara and says, "Bishma ben Asiyah Omer veShamru ben Israel et Shabbat." And the end of the pasuk says, "Laasot et Shabbat." That's a double language. VeShamru means Shabbat. Laasot et Shabbat. What is that uh, double language? So Amra Torah, Halel alav Shabbat ahat kedeshi yishmor Shabbatot tarbe. Keep the Shabbat in a way that you'll be able laasot et Shabbat to keep. Next Shabbat, or more Shabbatot, which means this Shabbat today that you're in, you have to keep it in a way that you can be able to keep many more Shabbatot in the future. How is that? But if your life is on the line, mehalil this one so you can keep next one and the subsequent ones. Amar Biuda, Amar Shemuel. If I was involved in that conversation, have Amina, I would have said didi adifa mididu. I would have said my proof is the best proof more than theirs. Why? What's his proof? bahim. Torah says when it comes to the mitzvot, it's a law that's given that we should live by. bahim. Finish and that day you're supposed to die by them. So Torah is one of the laws of the Torah Shabbat. So it's included in Bahai Bahim. So you gotta live by the mitzvot, not die the mitzvot. Finish. Amarava all the above proofs that we just brought, they all can be refuted. Bar Shmuel. Except for this last one of Bahaibaim, Delet Lepircha, it's unrefutable. Why? I was going to go through all of them to show us how they can be refuted. Now let's speak it outside first. What was Rabbi Ishmael's proof? So what we say? We said that's a case over there where you don't know what his intention is. Is he coming to take money? Is he coming to kill you? And if on a safik we're saying what? Safik, you're able to kill the uh, guy? Uh, so over here you see called Shekin and Nitzihah so severe. So if you wave Nitzihah to save your life, called Shekin, you could wave Shabbat. The Gemara is going to say like this. No, it's not a safik. This case over here you know he's coming to kill you. You know he's coming to kill you? Yeah, you know. It's Vadai. How is it Vadai? So the Gemara says, What's the reason why when the Ganat comes to the you're allowed to kill him? Hazaka. En adam ma'amid atzmo al mamono. Which means we have a tradition. A guy does not control himself from saving his money. Meaning when somebody's coming after your money, instinctively, you're going to protect your money. And the Ganav knows that. The Ganav knows that if he gets caught, you're going to resist. Okay, so it's going to turn into a fight. So he goes in saying, If he comes up against me, I'm going to kill him. So he's going in the Ganav, he's going in with intention to kill. He knows that there can be resistance. And therefore, the Torah says, if somebody's coming after to kill you, kill him first. So therefore, yes, you can kill the Ganav, but it's a case of Vadai. Oh, so therefore, So if anything you can only me approve is like this. In the case of Vadai Pikuah Nefesh, it'll override Shabbat. Let's review the proof. You want to tell me by Mahtere, right? Murder is a very terrible crime. It metame the land, it causes Shekhi not to leave, and still what? To save your life in a Vadai case, 
you can do murder. You can kill the guy. So to save your life in the Vada'i, we'll let you override Shabbat. But how do you know even Safik? Because the Halakha says, even Safik, Pikuwa' Nefesh, Yibahalat Shabbat. This proof is not a good proof for that. You can only apply to a Vada'i case. Where you know Vada'i, your life is being threatened. Like the case of the Mahdere. So therefore that proof is refuted. Next one. The Rabbi Akiva Now what was Rabbi Akiva's proof? The Kohen. The Kohen's in the middle of service. Right? They find out the Kohen's got some uh, testimony to save the murder. What do we do? Bring him from the Beit HaMikdash. Now the Gemara said what? Now, even though we're not sure, we're not even sure if his testimony is going to be accepted or not. We don't even know if he has a good claim or not. So on his ethic... To save a guy's life, we stopped Abu And Abu is Dukhay Shabbat, so the Bikwa is Dukhay Shabbat. Kabra says, no. Dilmaqid Abaye. Damar Abaye. Masrina Nezugad Rabbanan. Lida Imyesh Mamash Bidvarav. The law says like this, Masikh Sanadrim. They're bringing out the Rutsayah to kill him. Halakha says, you have two rabbis that escort him. To his death. Why? Because let's say, on the way there, the murderer says, Hold it, I have uh, have a claim that can save my life. Now we're not going to bring him back to Bedin and let him uh, procrastinate over here and start giving a claim that's not really not a claim and he just stalled over here. So you have rabbis escorting him. So the rabbis say, tell, tell us your claim. Tell, tell us what you have to say. If the rabbis say, you know, something, there's some truth to what he's saying, all right, then we'll send them back for the retrial. So just like you have to escort the, uh, the murderer, so we can similarly apply that to the Kohen. When the Kohen comes along, he's in the middle of Abodah, right? He says, oh, I have claim. They'll send two rabbis, they'll dispatch two rabbis to the Beit HaMikdash. Well, before you interrupt your uh, service over here, before we make leave the Beit HaMikdash, a little service, what, 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 what are you claiming? So therefore, if we allow the Kohen to come, it's only if he was interrogated by Tamid HaKlim, so therefore it's a Vadai case. So to Vadai, save the guy's life, stop the Abodah. Ashkehan Vadai, Safik Minala. Same thing, you have no proof for a case of Safik. Vichulu Ashkehan Vadai. All the cases over here you find Vadai. Take the case of Brit Milah. Only a Vadai Brit Milah is Duhai Shabbat. Right? Let's say the kid is born the Bereshit Mashot. You have a Safik. Safik is not Duhai. So you have no proof of the case of Safik. Safik Minalan. Let's discuss the case of Rashi. Rashi says Vashkehan. Mehakad Avadai Pikuanes Vachalina. Vah Safik Losh Minan Me. Vichudu Nami Kigon Ach. What about the case of Akad Shabbatu Taitu Shmoru? Which an Ach is coming to exclude. Ach halak. Ikalimad de vadai pikuah nefesh coming in. Velo safek. I can argue with Tabiye. What type of pikuah nefesh is the Ach coming to mehalek? Or a vadai, but not in the safek. Mechen. Velo. Atem misurim biyada lamut vadai. Which means when the Pazuf says that Shabbat hilachim. That what? It's the Shabbat's only under your uh, control on a vadai mita. But not in the safek. Same logic, which means we're vaday you're gonna die, and therefore you're not gonna be able to keep more Shabbatot. in a safek. Who says? So bottom line, all these proofs you can negate it with the same refutation. Ashkehan vaday safek. How do you know? But what did Shmuel say? Bahay by him. Gotta live. 
Now what, what, what does live mean? So that she says, Tishmei letepirka asher yaseadan ha mitzvot sheyichyeh bahem vaday. Now here it's the opposite. You vaday have to live. Which we really want you to vaday to live. Which she says, there's a sefek. That you might not live. Tahalal Shabbat. And here it's going on the positive. The Torah is telling you, make, make sure, we're telling you now, make sure, Baha'i, you got to live. Now, if you're not sure you're going to live, yeah, you better sure. make sure you live. So therefore, even on a sefek, Tahalal Shabbat. So that's why he has no refutation. Torah Gemara says, Amar Avina, Be'etimar Abnachman Bar Yitzhak. On this he said, Tava Chada Pilpalta Harifa, one sharp hot pepper is better than a whole basket full of pumpkins or gourds. Which means all these great rabbis, they all gave their opinion. Cave Shemuel, who's the smallest, and his opinion is the best. So I gave him a shot. One sharp hot pepper is better than a whole basket of pumpkins. And therefore, Shemuel's answer is the best question that cannot be refuted. Comes the next Mishnah. Hatat ve'asham vaday mechaperin. We now discuss different types of korbanot that are brought in the Beit Hamikdash that bring a person kapara. The obvious one is a korban hatat. What is a korban hatat? A person transgresses a sin that if he did it b'mezid would be punishable by karet. But he did it bishogeg, unintentionally. Meaning either he didn't know it's Asur, or he didn't know that the time that he's doing it, for example, he didn't know it was Shabbat, therefore he's unintentional. When he finds out what he did, he's obligated to be a Qurban Hatat. Once he brings the Qurban Hatat, he receives Kapara. He receives atonement. The second type of Qurban that Amishnah discusses is Asham Vadai. What is an Asham Vadai? So that she says him, Asham Gezelot. Right, where a person, let's say, swears that he doesn't owe money to such a person, uh, he does owe the money, and then it's found out that he does owe it, he has to bring a korban asham, that's called asham gezelot. It's also a kapara, you also have asham me'ilot, where a person used consecrated uh, property to the Beit HaMikdash for personal use. Now, there's another type of asham that Amishnah does not discuss, it's called an asham talui. We'll discuss Ashanta when we get to the Gemara. Incidentally, that Ashanta also was Mechapir. So the Gemara will ask, hey, if you give me all the Korbanot that are atonements, well, Hatat is for sure. The Asham Vadai, the definite Asham also. So the Gemara will ask, how can we discuss Asham Tadui? Now we get to other things that are Mechapir. Mitav Yom Kippurim, Mechapirim Imat Shuba. Death is also a Kapara, is an atonement. The Yom Kippurim, as well as the day of Yom Kippur, has the ability to mechaper, but the Mishnah says, Teshuvah. So long as it's coupled with Teshuvah. Which there is no magic just by, you know, living through a Yom Kippur. You have to make Teshuvah, so with Teshuvah and Yom Kippur, so it is mechaper. Now, some explain that. What does it mean with Teshuvah? Yom Kippur is not just a magical day that it just atones sins. The pshat is, what's the advantage of Kippur? Since it's an inspirational day, and we're praying, and we're involved in confession, the day itself will motivate a person to make a proper Teshuvah, because it's about to go to Teshuvah. A guy can just, you know, bang his heart uh, perfunctorily and uh, think that that's Teshuvah. But Teshuvah is on a much higher level. So Kippur, since it's a very holy day, 
and there's a certain uh, aura of the day. So that will give a person a motivation to make the proper Tishra, and therefore will have Kapara. In any event, Kapara says, Teshuvah mechaperet al averot kalot. Ah. Teshuvah, repentance, that means confessing his sin uh, verbally, uh, regretting his sin, and accepting upon yourself in the future not to commit the sin again. Those are the key components of Teshuvah. It atones on, we call them averot kalot, light sins. What are light sins? Al aseh. That are not punishable by, let's say, karet. All positive commandments are not punishable by karet except two. What are the two positive commandments that are punished by karet? Brit Milah and Korban Pesah. So besides those two, every mitzvah has an example. A guy doesn't shake a lulav on Sukkot. He was mevatel a mitzvah aset. Such a case, how does he atone? Hatati, aviti, pashati, finished. And you're also on mitzvah lo ta'aseh. Now what's the case of mitzvah lo ta'aseh? Any negative commandment, a lo ta'aseh, that either has no punishment, meaning no sekirah, serifah, none of them punishes on betin, according to some opinions, not even a malkut. That's considered kalot. A lo ta'aseh, for example, you have certain lo ta'asehs that are not punishable even by malkut. Lavanitak la'aseh, etc. Certain lo ta'aseh that are fixable, and therefore they're not punishable by, by malkut. Those items, hatati, aviti, pashati, and it's over. Ba'ala hamurot, oh, but on the severe sins, they call them the hamurot, that would be a mitzvah ta'aseh that has karet, bit milah, and mebatil korban pesach, or a lot ta'aseh that has in it a punishment, let's say mehal ta'alul shabbat, etc. Hu toleh, the teshuvah is pending, until Yom Kippur comes and and cleans it up and wipes it away. So therefore you need two elements. You need Teshuvah plus a Yom Kippur. So it's pending. And the Mephashim explained over here, what is the Muslim shot that it's uh, pending? Which means Teshuvah works, let's say, to stay off the punishment. They won't get punished. But to get it cleaned off the slate, you got to wait for Kippur. What's enough coming out? What's the difference it's on the slate? So they don't get punished. That's the main things. No. If you recommit that sin before Kippur, now already they get you twice. They get you on the new sin and on the old one that's still on the slate. So therefore, you get the advantage to get it off the slate and totally. Now, Haomer a guy now wants to use Teshuvah to his advantage. He says, yes, I believe in the principle of Teshuvah. 100% God forgives sin. It's a big chesed. So what does he say? Since God forgives sin, I'll use it to sin. I'll sin and I'll repent. I'll sin and I'll repent. The Mishnah says it twice to teach us if he does this twice, meaning he commits this sin, he makes Teshuvah. Then again, I'm going to do the same sin. And then I'll make Teshuvah the next morning. Gemara says, God will now remove his divine intervention from the person and will not help him in the Teshuvah process. And that doesn't mean he cannot make Teshuvah. But it's much harder when you don't have that siyata dishmaya, that divine help, to motivate you to make Teshuvah. Normally, God will uh, do something to the guy in order to wake him up uh, to make Teshuvah. 
But what? But here, God says, you're using my item of teshuvah against me? You're using it to sin against me? God says, now I'm going to take away the gift. Now you're not going to be able to use teshuvah for your teshuvah. benefit. Now again, that doesn't mean God takes away his free will. He does have the ability to make teshuvah. It's just like I said, God will not give him the inspiration in order to make teshuvah. For example, we have some people that also have a certain thing in their heart, they feel like they want to repent. That's a divine gift. That's God's yet. That's me. This person will lose that uh, ability. Mishnah continues. Or the guy uses Yom Kippur to his advantage. Hey, listen, I make uh, sins. That Kippur coming up, and Kippur will uh, clean me. And Yom Kippur mechaper. Comes the Mishnah continues. Averot sheben adam lemakom Yom Kippur mechaper. Averot between man and God. Already Yom Kippurim can atone. Now this statement is a little difficult to understand. Because really we said that all mitzvot ase and all mitzvot lot ta'ase that are not hamurot, teshuvah is mechaper. So therefore, what does it mean ben adam lemakom in Yom Kippur? It's not so. A lot of ben adam lemakom, you don't even need Kippur. Already teshuvah alone can mechaper. This is a question the Mephashim uh, tried to understand what, what, why would the Mishnah lump all Ben Adam Lemakoms to Kippur? That's an overgeneralized statement. In any event, the point of the Mishnah is the second half. Averot she Ben Adam mechaper. Sins that are committed between man and his friend, Kippur is not mechaper, ad until he actually appeases his friend. Which means, when a person sins against his friend, there's two sins. Number one, the sin that you committed against your friend. And number two, you went against the commandment in the Torah. God said you can't go and let's say hurt your friend. So therefore God says, listen, you can settle with me on Kippur. But you make sure to settle with your friend before, because Kippur is not going to make a pet on that end of the sin. For example, a guy stole money. He has to return it. He can't just come on Kippur and tell Olama, Ganafti, Gazalti. That's not enough. You gotta, you gotta pay back. Darash Rabbi Azab Azariah. Rabbi Azab Azariah gave it Darasha. Mikol Hatotechem Nefne Adonai Tetaru. So he learns the Pasuk like this. From all your sins. What type of sins? The sins that are in front of Hashem, Tetaru. Meaning the sins that are Ben Adam Lemakom, Kippur is Mechaper. Averot Shem Ben Adam Lemakom, Yom Kippur is Mechaper. Averot Shem Ben Adam Lechaverot. And Yom Kippur is Mechaper. Until he appeases his friend. Amar B'Akiva. So B'Akiva says like this. Ashrechem Yisrael. Nation of Israel, you are lucky, you are fortunate. Lifne mi atem mitaharin. Asks Rabbi Akiva, in front of who are you purifying yourself? And who is purifying you? The answer is your father in heaven. God says, I will sprinkle on you holy waters, and you will become purified. That the Jewish people have hope in God, but he learns the mikveh to be like a regular mikveh. Ma'am mikveh mitayret atamim, she's like a mikveh. Purifies the temeim. Afghan marukum mitayret Israel. So to God purifies b'nei Israel. Now to understand what the Biyakimah was saying, the Biyakimah asks two questions. He says, first, Ashikim Israel. Jewish people, you're very lucky. Nifnei mi atem mitayarim. In front of who are you purifying yourself? And who's purifying you? 
So the Mephashim learned over a very important principle in Teshuvah. There are two ways for a person to make Teshuvah. One way is, he is self-motivated and self-inspired, and on his own he comes along and makes a repentance. So he's making the step towards God. To that, Rabbi Akiva says, Ashlechem, you're so lucky. Lefnimi atem mitaharim. In front of whom are you purifying yourself? However, there's another type of Jew that maybe is uh, lackadaisical in his tishuvah. He doesn't take the first step. But what? God makes the first step towards him. Which means God will do something in that person's life in order to reawaken his spirit to come back. To that, Nabi Akiva says in the second question, And who purifies you? When you don't have the motivation to make the Shuvah, it's Avikim Shuvah, he comes to you. And therefore, Nabi Akiva brings two proofs in the Pesukim. One Pesukim is in his wad, and God will sprinkle the water. That's talking about when the God makes the first step towards the person. The second proof he brought is that what? That God is like a mikveh. That to go to a mikveh, you have to go to the mikveh. So therefore, mikveh is Hashem, just like the mikveh, the person who goes to it makes tata, so to when a person makes his move to God, God will also purify. So therefore, the Bible is referring to two uh, different styles of the Teshuvah process. The Gemara comes along and says, now we said in the Mishnah, there are two types of korbanot that are torn. Asham vaday and hatat. So the Gemara says, Asham vaday in. It's mashma only an asham vaday. Asham talui, lo. Now what is an asham talui? Very important case. Guy sitting down, he has two pieces of meat in front of him. He thinks they're both kosher. Actually two pieces of fat in front of him. He thinks they're both shuman. They're both kosher fats. Right? So he eats them. Now, he eats one. One of the two. Okay? <clears throat> Afterwards, somebody comes and tells him, Oh, hold it. One of those pieces of meat over there was halif. Now, he doesn't know if he ate the halif one, ate the shuman one. So he's, he's pending it. He doesn't know what he did. So he has to bring what's called an asham talui. I'll bring in an asham and a tom and kurban that's pending. If I did the sin, uh, that's it. If I didn't do it, uh, not. Now, that's also mechaper, but because in the asham talui pasuk it also says the word mechaper. So why did the Mishnah list hatat, asham badai, asham talui? So the Gemara says, asham badai in asham talui ve'a so the other ones give you vaday kapara. Asham talui ena mechaper kapara gemura. But the asham talui does not give you full kapara. Why not? So that she says, Ela tole lehagen alav mini yisurin. All the asham talui does, it wards off any punishment. However, adshi yivadalo shivaday hata. But it's all a... It's, a, it's delayed until you find out what you did. Which means, let's say six months later, you're able to discern, oh, I actually ate halib. Then you have to be a Quran hatat. Yeah, because you don't bring a hatat. You brought a sham talui. You're just bringing that, I want to get punished. If I did wrong, I want to stop the punishment. So therefore, it's not a kapara vadayat. The kapara technically is pending until... The future is never, Amish is only discussing cases of a Quran where you walk away 
clean. Here, you're right. If you never find out, you'll never get punished. But if you do find out, the process continues. You've got to bring a khatat and then mechaper. Mechaper eventually. That's the point. The kapara is not immediate. The kapara is eventually, if you find out. No, Hashem Vada is only on, there's, there's five uh, Ashams, uh, which the Gemara will explain now. Come to the Gemara and says, second answer, Inameh, <coughs> second answer, Hanach en acher mechaper kaparatan. Asham talui acher mechaper kaparatan. Ah. When you're hayav a khatat, there is no substitute for a khatat. In akhir. There is no other options by a khatat. However, by asham talui, there's another option. What's the other option? Ditnan. Hayyabe khataot wa ashamot vada'in. Sha'avar alayn yom kipurim. Even let's say you didn't bring your khatat yet, kipur pest. Hayyabim. You still gotta bring your korban khatat. Just because kipur pest does not exonerate you from your. But if let's say you are obligated in Hashem Talui, Kipur Pest, you're off the hook with your Hashem Talui. So therefore the Mishnah only discussed Kurbanot that what are binding in all situations. Mashiachin and Hashem Talui, Kipur could atone for that sin. So since Kipur could atone for that sin, that Kurban is not Hayabadai. You can get off the hook by uh, Kippur. Look at Rashi. Peturim. The Yom Kippurim mechaper alehem. Finish. The Gemara explains it in Masechet Keritut. That's a klal. So you'll never, you won't have to bring the Hatta like we said. No. Yeah. No. It's mechaper no. on the Yisurim. On the Yisurim. Whatever an Hashem Talui does. Correct. Whatever an Hashem Whatever an Hashem Talui does, whatever an Hashem Talui does, Kippur will do. But the point is that we're only discussing types of atonements that are sure. binding. This item of it can be substituted with something else. Comes to Gibran continues. So we said in the Mishnah that what? Death or Kippur. Both of those items are Mechapir, but it has to be with Teshuvah. So it goes, Ima Teshuvah, Im. Yeah, with Teshuvah, yes. Mifteh Atzman, no. But alone, no. Neymad, look at Rabbi. Amishnah is not going like Rabbi. Etanya, Rabbi Omer. Al kol averot sheba Torah. On all sins of the Torah. Ben asa Teshuvah, ben lo asa Teshuvah, yom kipurim mechaper. So first of all, Rabbi argues on Amishnah on another point. He holds Kippur's mechaper on everything. Except for the few sins he's going to list. Even on Hamurot, Lot Karets, Kippur's mechaper on everything. Chutz, now let's get the Chutz's over Except for, the tenth Vav is... Mashmah even without Teshuvah. Chutz, well, oh yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. Chutz me porek on. Okay, she has that girsah. Porek all that she says kofir by Kadosh Baruch Hu. A guy that denies the existence of God, oh, there's no kapara, kippur, not mekapir for that. Some have lo'eg al hadero. Somebody that belittles his friend. Umegaleh panim batorah. Megaleh panim batorah that she says, doresh tatoral dignai. He comes and he 
disparages the Torah. Kegon Minasheh, like the king Minasheh, that was the son of Hiskiyah Melech, Sheyad Doresh Bagadot Shel Dofi. He came along and started to make fun. He said, oh, all these Pesukim in the Torah, what Moshe Rabbeinu write these Pesukim for? For example, there's a Pesuk that says, V'ahot um, Lotan Timna'ah. Well, what, you, what, what, what kind of uh, worthless uh, pasuk is that? I mean, he started to make fun of the pasukim that he didn't understand. Right? All those pasukim over there. That's a You disparage the Torah. Next one. Umefer berit basar. Somebody that either does not circumcise himself. He's mefed the berit, or he circumcises himself, but then he pulls the foreskin in order to give him impression that he's not circumcised. Okay? Then in those cases, you got to have kippur with teshuvah. So smart so that only in those severe items you need teshuvah. All the other sins, just Kippur, you're living through Kippur, already that, uh, that's an atonement. So it comes again and says, Rabbi. I can even say our Mishnah is going like Rabbi. Teshubah ba'ya yom kippurim. Yom kippurim lo ba'ya teshubah. Which means Teshubah literally needs Kippur. What does that mean? So let's look at the Tosfot uh, Yishanim over here. Because Tosfot Yishanim gives an interpretation to this statement. He says like this. I'm reading this Aleph. If you look in your Tosfot Yishanim, that would be... Right? You have it? Okay, see where the Aleph is? That large Aleph in Tosfot Yishanim? Good. Yishanim Aki Kamar. Which means, with the teshuvah that you had done previously, Which is when you read the Mishnah, and the Mishnah says, It doesn't mean that you have to make teshuvah. It means, the guy already made teshuvah from before. But not that your teshuvah is me'akev, which is once you have Yom Kippurim, Yom Kippurim alone is okay. Ima teshuvah doesn't mean teshuvah plus Kippur. Even Kippur alone does it over there. Ima teshuvah meaning you did teshuvah, you have already uh, teshuvah from, from before. Ina me, mishum mita. Ah, the Torah says another answer. You're right. Kippur according to the B, you don't need teshuvah. Ah, but the Mishnah said you need teshuvah. No, that was going on mitah. Because what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said two things. The Mishnah said mitah v'yom kiburim mechaperim ha-teshuvah. So that uh, teshuvah, plug it to the mitah case. Which is before a guy dies, he's got to make teshuvah for it to work. But kippur, as a law. So therefore I can explain the Mishnah even like the B, that kippur alone is indeed mechaper. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.